0: Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from PhysioRoom, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're gonna explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management, to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on guys, Dr. Andrew Fix back here for another episode on the code. Like I typically tell you guys, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're on your phone, on the computer, driving or at work, thanks so much for joining us. Sitting here in our office here in DTC, with uh, a new friend of mine, Brian Cash. He is a firefighter here in Denver and is the owner of a supplement store here in town, Max Muscle South Metro. Mm -hmm. So Brian, thank you so much for coming over here to join me and to hop on this episode, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Well, I ultimately kind of got connected to you or with you through a team member of ours here at Physio Room, Mm -hmm. and through a gym that we both have good relationships with here in town. Mm -hmm. But will you do us all a favor and just basically introduce yourself a little bit more thoroughly than I did of like, you know, where'd you come from? What sort of backgrounds? And, uh, and then we'll start getting into the supplement side of things in a little while.
1: Yeah. Um, so 43 year old, 43 years old, I graduated here uh, and from Mullen in 98. So I was an athlete all growing up. Um, I'm currently, like you said, a Denver fireman have been in that industry or profession for about 20 years. Yeah. Um, on the supplement side of things, I've always been, in the education process of sports and exercise science, in addition to supplementation, um, opened my first Max Muscle in 09. Um, and then uh, has been open ever since. So we've we've launched an online platform. I've had multiple store locations and um, sat on board of directors for Max Muscle Develop Products, actually working on a product currently that has creatine in it. Awesome. Um, to to launch here to, to market probably in the next 60 days cool um but yeah I'm, I'm a father uh i'm a husband i have three girls in my life uh two stepdaughters 16 to 14 and then uh our daughter who's four awesome um so yeah very busy life active life i'm uh, going to be running my first hundred mile ultra marathon next year so cool. training is in my is in my world and <clears throat> just just balancing <laughs> or maybe the lack thereof of uh of what everything has in store so
0: well i've got to ask as we've got a couple clients here at physio room getting ready to do leadville uh, yeah. or some that are already doing the Leadman or one yep. series Lead what Lead are you doing next year
1: i've signed up for or will be signing up it hasn't opened yet uh for the Yeti 100 in cool. washington uh state so it's a it's a hundred mile race i've run a my longest distance is running a marathon and that was quite a few years ago so long enough to not even remember probably yeah um not a great runner not a until i get into it in the training don't really love running but i sure. want it for the achievement the mindset everything that comes outside of just the the legs moving yeah uh, aspect of it so
0: wish with you know, a couple of our clients and almost anyone I've talked to that does those style races, the ultras is, that's more to them what it's about. Oh, yeah. It's the mindset, the mental um, hurdles that you have to overcome yeah. way more so than just the physical, like, do you have the physical endurance to do the, right. the
1: event? Yeah. I mean, it's a 30, I think it's a 30 uh, hour cap, Okay. Which the goal is to complete it, the goals and to set times and records. Um It's completion and then just getting through yeah. hundred miles of movement. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um,
0: well, let me start asking you this: You were a fireman first. You still are. Yep. And then in two thousand nine, you opened a supplement store. Where did that idea come from? Like, what sort of <laughs> led to? Okay, it's whatever year you had that idea. Yeah, because you were already in your firefighting career at that point, and I, then you decided to open the store.
1: Yeah, I've always done construction and or do things extra right general contractor i've always worked out i've always done stuff before firefighter world and through firefighter world very active i guess is what i'm getting at yeah um so 2008 arguably was our worst economic time uh, and i had the great idea to open up a supplement store from a retail perspective which was a huge hurdle in and of itself, but I have had and have a passion for it, not necessarily the sales of things, but the science and the education and the assistance and helping people. I, I just recall going into GNC in high school and being sold things that I had no reason in taking, right? I didn't even know what it was. I wanted to get bigger, faster, stronger. The guy or the gal behind the counter said, buy this. I bought it with lawnmower money and it did nothing, or I didn't know what it was supposed to do. So a lot of those things resonated with me. I was living in Vail and working in Vail at the time, um, on the fireside as well, and had this notion or idea of opening up a supplement line, store, company, whatever. Matt Hesse, uh, very, very influential in our industry of sports and exercise science and athletic development, and currently really big in, um, in helping, uh, former military and vets get into the health and wellness industry via training and stuff like that. Huge, huge name. Does a lot of great things. A lot of good information. He actually owned GNCs at the time. Mm, I was turned on to him is why I say this and met with him and he's like, yeah, man, I can take 25,000, 20, give me 20 grand and I'll make Brian cash protein and we'll sell it Mm. or look into this company such as max muscle um they're up and coming they're out of california they do a lot of great things so i flew out to california set up a day with max muscle and and, and never i won't say never look back but hit hit it running yeah the development of bringing max muscle and, and starting that side in in uh in colorado so. awesome
0: and that store is in lone
1: tree yeah the store is in lone tree uh yeah just south of south denver yeah yeah um
0: yeah and i've been into the store and you guys have all sorts of different products, just mm-hmm. like most supplement stores mm-hmm. do. But what we want to get into today is talking about creatine, yep. which, you know, you just mentioned it a moment ago. Um, was creatine a supplement that you were taking at the time when you decided that you were going to go down this path to open up a supplement store?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, yes, I yes I remember taking as maybe some of the listeners did. remember taking phosphagen and or creatine in college with great juice, right? Like remember like the EAS and yeah. how do we take it? When do we take it? Load and cycling too much, too little, all yeah. that stuff based around athletic performance, et cetera. So to answer, the short answer is yes. Yeah. I had taken creatine prior to max muscle and yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about creatine is one, it's one of the supplements that's been around like, my whole life mm-hmm. that I remember, right? And I know there were people taking it in high school sports, college sports, and adult life that that I've been around. I take it too. And um, there's tons of research out there on it. And, you know, everything that I've seen talks about a lot of really good benefits of taking creatine. Yeah. What I know just from talking to people is a lot of people have misunderstandings about like what it is, what it does. Yeah. And uh, I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit with yeah. you. So, um, let's just maybe start at like a high level. Like if someone comes into the store and they have a goal of, like you said, getting bigger, faster, stronger, maybe creatine is a supplement that you would recommend to them. What is it that you tell someone who otherwise doesn't really know what creatine is, what creatine is and what it does if they're considering taking it?
1: Yep. So creatine in and of itself, like I, we try, I try to do a lot of Q and a, so I, I, Turn the questions back on them and sure. let them answer their own question, right? So what, what are you trying to, to achieve? Oh, most people want to lose body fat and increase strength and or muscle mass. That's like the 99% so. of the population, right? Whether you're 85 or 15, that's usually some form of the goal. Totally. Um, okay, what are you doing to accomplish that? Oh, I'm I'm working out, usually is the first answer. Cool. Working out is great. Keep doing that. We can talk about that and how you're doing that, right? Good. And then it and then we lose track, then, then we kind of like fade, right? Yeah. And then we delve into what are you eating? What yeah. is your what, what are you taking in calorically to support this goal of bigger, faster, stronger, lose weight, gain weight, whatever. Um, and then we can start breaking down macros. It, it's a science, but it's not a, it's not a hard science, right? It's not a, a difficult science. So that takes us into then supplementation. And supplementation for some people is. Scary um, supplement is to supplement a whole food diet that hence yeah. the name, right? It's not in replace of, or shouldn't be unless we're drastically deficient. We can take a supplement, but usually for the, for the sake of what the word is, we're supplementing a whole food diet. So if we're eating red meat, we're getting creatine, right? We're getting microdosing of creatine. If, if we're not, then that's fine too, but we're not getting a lot of creatine in our daily habits of nutrition. Sure. So through that conversation is, you know, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. Well, what is creatine going to do for me? And creatine, in and of itself, we make we make creatine via the Krebs cycle, right? We produce it. ATP is a is is what we're what our muscles are firing off of. Adenosine triphosphate is ATP. And that's what's giving me the ability to raise my arm up or squat bench clean or make that muscle fire efficiently over a period of time, whether it's through just getting out of bed or exercise. We tap into those creatine stores that we're currently making and we accomplish those things by supplementing with creatine in white powder or however you want to consume it in and around our daily activity. We're able to do that more effectively and not go into depletion of what our body's currently making. Got it. So I can supplement creatine in and around a training session and maybe get one more rep, one more set, two and a half, two and a half more pounds, whatever. Um, and over the course of a measurable period, 30, 60, 90 days, the outcome is bigger, faster, stronger, hopefully. Right. Taking the consistency. Yeah. So that's usually with additional feedback. That's usually kind of the conversation of a novice to creatine. In the
0: yeah, start. no, I think that's great. And you just mentioned it right there at the end of your explanation Uh, with consistency Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about like if someone's going to start taking creatine when I was in high school I remember hearing friends and teammates doing like a loading phase and then fading off and loading phase and fading off and then more recently I've heard more talk about just taking it with consistency like getting your five grams or however much it is a day but like that loading may or may not be quite as important as long as you are consistent with taking it and not going through periods of on and off and
1: on and off. Yeah, I think that I think the, the the loading cycle came from the steroid world gotcha. and pairing it to supplementation. We can not blame, but we can revert back to articles with like Mark McGuire, right? Like sure. I'm cycling creatine. That's why I'm well. We 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 come to find that that's not always the case, right? With that specific incident, but we're taking we're taking nomenclature and applying it to things that aren't applicable, um, such as creatine. Creatine, if you take too much or creatine that's not utilized due to daily activity, you yeah. excrete it out, you urinate it out. Okay. Um, by loading it, yep, it's getting into your system faster and more efficiently. Um, that that isn't wrong but if you if your goal is i think we have to look at why are we taking creatine? Mm-hmm. We're taking creatine hypothetically to gain lean muscle mass. Agreed. Whether you're 85 or 15. If we're going towards that goal then why wouldn't i want to be on creatine indefinitely, right? If I'm if I'm always going to be wanting to gain lean muscle mass or maintain lean muscle mass, yeah. there's never like an off time for creatine, sure. right? Yeah, creatine isn't by ingesting supplemental creatine our natural production doesn't shut down unlike hormones right Mm. if i introduce androgynous outside hormones my natural production depletes but if i consume supplemental creatine the krebs cycle doesn't shut down we still make it so the, the, the benefit of keeping that in the consistent use and moderate use, right? We don't need to take 30 grams a day. Yeah. Um, that's an expensive bowel movement or urinary right movement. We can just start modestly three to five grams, pre-training three to five grams post-training you and I would, would take that regimen on a consistent basis. And then days that we're taking off or not training, maybe it's just five grams in the morning and we're getting that saturation on a daily basis.
0: And that's basically the next question I wanted to ask you is, you know, I see on most, uh, I know it comes in more forms than just powder, but powder is probably the form that most people are familiar with. And that's the one that I take. The serving is typically five grams. Um, When should you take it and how much should someone take? Does that, is it determined by like what type of training that person doing, how big that individual is, like what's sort of a serving suggestion or uh, timing suggestion?
1: That three to five gram is, is accurate. And I think is palatable for most, right? Mm-hmm. Um, timing is before and or after your training window. So if I'm going to dedicate 60, 90, if I'm going to dedicate 30 minutes, right, just turf work, whatever, your body still utilizing creatine GMP utilized before and after that. Mm-hmm. Three to five grams is, is an ideal single serving. You can, I would suggest take up to two servings for a uh, active user. Yeah. Um, on the days that the 85 year old female or the 15 year old high school student isn't active that day, five grams for saturation daily would be recommended. And I would put that in whatever, whatever you, I would say whatever people can adopt on a daily basis, whatever they can make a habit of, so if that's in the morning i take you know um a health and wellness shake or hydration supplement i'll put creatine in it and i know i'm getting it every day five grams Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. and then the three to five to seven days i'm training i put in another five and that's in my pre-workout or my post-workout shake so i'm hitting that either way gotcha. whatever can be habit forming and i think the cycling nomenclature around creatine not that it's a necessity, but when people say, Oh, I, I wanna I wanna come off creatine, I'm not gonna argue that that's a personal choice. It's not physiologically necessary. Mm-hmm. But if you want to take a break, that's fine. Um your daily habit is going to make that happen. You're gonna travel, you're going to be too busy to work out for a week, you're gonna be gone for five days or longer. Sure. Like the cycling habit is going to be enforced for you whether you choose to or not yeah usually it's pretty hard not to miss a
0: day here yeah. and there right yeah even if you're not missing an extended period of time but yeah i know when i'm at home in my normal routine that's when i'm the most consistent yeah. with stuff like this my um my wife used to do a lot of traveling for work and mm-hmm. she was very much in the routine of she's packing ziploc bags yeah. of all sorts of her stuff when she travels on the road takes extra time through security yeah. at the airport a lot of times, yeah. but, um, I'm not usually bringing all my stuff with me when I go travel. Cause it's just a quick weekend yeah. here every once in a
1: while, built in three or five days. Yeah. And I, I just
0: get back on my routine at home. And just like you said, um, the way that I've been using it lately is pretty much just in this, I put it in a little thing that I mix up in a shaker bottle every morning. Mm-hmm. And I haven't necessarily been um, like taking it directly pre and post workout, mm-hmm. I probably finished that drink right about when I start to work out every day. Yeah. So I guess I'm still finishing it pre-workout. I've pretty much just not been on the five grams every single day, mm-hmm. not necessarily adding more mm-hmm. on training days, but, uh, just trying to hit it pretty consistently yep. every single day. And I would say over probably the, honestly, it's been probably only about two to three years that I've been consistently taking creatine. I would say I definitely feel like I've noticed the difference because yeah. if I go look, look back at in-body scans or just honestly even pictures yeah. uh, and my lifting capacity in squat, bench, deadlift, it's all very different than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And maybe that's a piece of the puzzle with, of course, the consistency of eating and, mm-hmm. and working out.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's, if I can get five, 5% improvement by taking creatine, then 5% over the course of a year or 5% of 300 or whatever you want to measure that 5% is a lot. Yeah. Right. You know, D1 scholarships are measured by tenths of a second, right. Or, you know, you can you can do any measuring stick you want. So I I would challenge creatine is very assisted in recovery as well. So when we load it in the beginning, or not load it, when we take it in the beginning of our training, we have those stores, we have that supplemental to pull from, mm-hmm. right? body's pulling from that. Sure. Muscle muscle cells are pulling that in. When we potentially put it in later or after training, we're, we're still volumizing the cell with water. We're creating additional ATP through movement. We're doing a lot of beneficial things yeah. for recovery, too. Mm-hmm. So people, I think, creatine, bigger, faster, stronger, but they don't think of the recovery component as well. Sure. And it, and it is a recovery, a, a recovery um, supplement. Um, but also, I get the question of, well, I don't want to take creatine because I don't look like a man. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fair. I don't want you to look like a man either if you don't want to. Um, but create, you're not going to wake up one day and have too much muscle and look like a man. Yeah. Also, right? We've all been in that, oh, I don't want to be too big. Mm-hmm. Agree that that's a personal choice, but you're not going to all of a sudden wake up one day and be too big or too much muscle. So think about what you're saying. This is not hormone. Creatine is non-hormonal. It's not foreign to the body. It's not androgenic in that regard. So we're not going to be caught off guard by the changing of our, of our, of our physical structure. You know,
0: that's a, um, I guess I'll use the word fun, interesting conversation sometimes to have with people when we, this concept gets brought up of, I don't want to lift weights a certain way because I'm afraid of getting too big. Yeah. And the way I usually explain it to people is nobody accidentally walked into the gym and then all of a sudden got huge. Right. That is not the way that it works. Right. And without you know your diet and your lifestyle pairing with your training, yeah. you're not going to put on more muscle than you want to. In fact, it's going to be very hard for you to even put on the amount that you want to put on Correct. without really working at it. Correct. Um, it's, you know, it's not the same idea as somebody's not paying attention to their diet and they're just eating the standard American way. And then over the course of several years, they gained a bunch of weight, yeah. unhealthy weight. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen the other way
1: around. No, and and I don't want to make it a gender thing, but I hear it specifically a lot of times from women. Oh, for sure. I, I yeah. don't want to be this. I don't want to look this way. And it's like, you're, you're not. Yeah. You know, creeping has such mo- a ton of other benefits to to further just mu- muscle gaining i guess is cognitive function yeah Retention of water like i said oh i don't want to get bloated like maybe mm-hmm. when i don't when i was in high school is like you get that puffiness and that and that depends on how much you're taking and what type of creatine you're taking but it's in it's intention it's a monohydrate it's a single hydrate it's looking for water like you want the water in the cell because that's where all the good stuff happens with atp so to yeah. say that i'm retaining water that might be a little bit check your diet, check your sodium, check your other things, but sure. we want water in the cell, and that's sure. that's helping creatine do its thing. Yeah. So even f- that takes me to like even for um stage present athletes, meaning people driven by vanity, whether it's bodybuilding or men's physique or women's bodybuilding, whatever, creatine is still a supplement for them totally. um, for the strength gain and the muscle gain. Now we might wean that off three, four, seven days prior to stepping on stage Mm -hmm. in that water consumption atmosphere. Yeah, But all the way up to that, take creatine. Mm -hmm. Um, Creatine for endurance athletes is huge. Like creatine is, you know, endurance athletes are very susceptible to muscle wasting or non-muscle sparing, right? Caloric expenditure is super high. Caloric intake is moderate. It's hard to get those in line. So that creatine is going to assist with maintaining and keeping that muscle mass on for those endurance type athletes as well. Let's maybe
0: talk on that topic just a little bit yeah. more, because I think over the course of the history of a year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, that's probably more the angle that it's been when mm-hmm. we talk about running and cycling and triathlons and ultra marathons and whatnot. There's been a little bit more of an endurance theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever had conversations with people who are endurance athletes who are not taking creatine where you've had to like help them overcome some hurdles and obstacles and
1: understanding why they should maybe consider taking it? Yeah, Don, uh, my running coach and ultra marathon, world record holder. He's uh, very fast. Very fast, very. And he's a vegan, right? So he doesn't consume red meat. So he's not getting creatine in his daily lifestyle. He, we got him, I got him to start supplementing with mm. creatine and he actually notices, mm, like, notices okay. that, um, I use him as a very high level example. Eric Hinman, uh, you've had him on your podcast, uh, got him using consistently creatine and this is why mm-hmm. noticeable, uh, I put him in the hybrid athlete category, For sure. right? Yeah.
0: Very strong uh, and very
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so yes, we've had the conversations with high level athletes where they're just grinding and genetically hardworking and gifted and we've tacked on creatine and they see benefit yeah all the way to the people like me or you know the highlands ranch runner that just wants to do fives fives and tens and do 30 minute times for a five and that's great yep. and creatine can help that yeah um body breakdown and maintaining what you're what you're working hard for yeah and
0: like you just said body breakdown that's kind of the angle of that that I think is very important to touch on because I know there's some of those people who are kind enough to tune into this, that Mm -hmm. Highland's Ranch runner that wants to just run 5Ks, 10Ks, maybe a half marathon. And the types of those people that we see in our office are the ones that are dealing with nagging, chronic, recurrent, oftentimes soft tissue injuries, Mm -hmm. tendons, muscles. And um, based on the muscle gaining benefits or maintenance benefits and the recovery process, This could be very potentially
1: beneficial. Yeah, I don't want to put, I mean, I think this industry hangs its hat on saying, yep, fish oil is going to cure all your ailments sure. or, or whatever, right? Take this magic pill. You're going to fix everything. I'm not, and you neither are you, saying creatine fixes everything. But when we start talking about core strength, posture, running posture, yeah. which ties into gluten ham tie-in, which is causing knee pain and all of these things, more muscle mass or a stronger muscle, not even making it bigger, but more dense, Mm -hmm. um, is going to help with those posture and joint tie-ins. Correct. I mean, it's going to assist with, um, making those ailments be less invasive. Yep. Yeah. Stronger, more, um, stronger
0: and, or like Muscle that has a higher capacity for load Mm -hmm. is going to be more tolerant to the demands that the training is putting on it, less likely to break down. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, one of the things, you know, with endurance athletes, a lot of times that sometimes people get concerned about is this interplay of the same conversation we just had about not wanting to get too bulky because like, say, for example, someone who's doing a long bike race, added weight, yeah, may slow you down, but if that weight is proportional and muscular in nature, you're also going to be able to propel your skeleton farther and faster too. So, um, what we find is people who are strong and lean still are usually able to do very well in those types of events. It's not just about the weight on mm-hmm. the scale, um, but more like, are you proportionally strong for your sport or activity?
1: Yeah. I would say, you know, and in a, in a conjunction with that more muscle, like a pound is a pound is a pound, mm-hmm. pound of fat, pound of muscle. Yeah. Fat. But a, but a pound of muscle burns, yields, needs way more calories totally. than that pound of fat Absolutely. to survive, we'll say, right? Yeah.
0: It's expensive. Yes. You call it. yeah. yeah. So
1: so I can ingest. So more muscle mass I have, I can eat more freely. Sure. Right? So I don't have to eat boiled chicken and brown rice every day to stay lean. If I have more muscle mass on my frame, I can eat more freely. And and that, that in and of itself is... I think that's pretty cool. I don't know. No, it's a lot of body work. Like it, it yep. was, you know. I agree with
0: you totally. And I think uh, this is actually one of the things I love about living in Colorado. Is generally speaking, I think I'm in pretty good shape, but I feel very average here yeah. in Colorado compared to all the amazing athletes and mm-hmm. people that are like constantly training out here. Compared to where I'm from in the Midwest, like I go home and I feel like I'm in a much higher percentile yeah. in terms of ath- athleticism. But in my family. I'm probably the person that maintains the most muscle mass on my frame. Sure. And when we have family gatherings and stuff, I'm the one who generally speaking, I eat pretty well, but I'm not afraid to have a piece of cake yep. or a bowl of ice cream or whatever. And I think a lot of people in my family will often be surprised or shocked, like, how are you not gaining weight? I'm like, I don't know, because I lift a lot. Yep. Like I need a lot of calories. So um, every once in a while I can splurge and I'll be okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's it's I don't want it's a nice place to be. And I think circling back to creatine it can only support that those not that that's the goal to be able to eat freely yeah but right it's also creating a lifestyle right i i can't and i don't expect clients to eat boiled chicken and brown rice sustainably for the rest of their life and if if that's what's required then we need to rethink something else right Mm -hmm. not to say again creatine solves all problems but that's a topic of conversation now creatine will assist in opening up the window to dietary restriction. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because like you said a little
0: bit ago, neither one of us are going to sit here and say this one supplement or this one pill or powder or whatever is going to lead to X results. There's a lot of factors that go into this, but the way I look at it, if there's anything that you can do that's going to help move the needle in your favor towards whatever those goals were that you asked a client or customer, potential customer walking in the door, why wouldn't we want to potentially do that? Why wouldn't we want to do that if it's going to make it more likely to achieve the desired outcome that yes. that you're looking for? So yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah. And creatine should be pretty inexpensive. Um, it should not be this, this astronomical purchase on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, to your point, what you were saying, pills, powder, gum, whatever, if at all possible, I would recommend powders, mm-hmm. uh, cause they go into solution and then they're easily absorbed. Sure. Um, Pills are just harder to break down. If if your goal is to any pill, creatine pill, vitamin, fish oil, whatever pill. um, But if you're looking just for creating a habit, that would be first. So if I can take three pills and get three grams of creatine, and I know I'm going to do that because it's next to my toothbrush every morning, adopt that. Yeah. Consistency. Consistency. Mm -hmm. Pill, if I'm picking anything would be, or sorry, powder would be the best source. And then there now creates a company that I've, I brought in yeah, they saw that yeah they created a very I I will go on record I used to not condone chewables or gummies because they weren't soluble they were adding a lot of extra crap to them they weren't good right creates created a very clean compliant one gram of creatine per gummy solution that, that is habit it fits into a traveling atmosphere and sure. it fits into a habit forming atmosphere it's mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll have to try those because like you just said, very easy to Mm -hmm. have in your gym bag or in your suitcase or whatever. You're not packing a uh, Ziploc bag of powder. No, Mm -hmm. I I love that idea of a chewable um, as long as you're not getting much crap with it. Right. What's going on, Code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium and none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff. And I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drink element.com slash physio room. That's drink lmnt.com slash physio room to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job of talking about like what creatine is mm-hmm. that we naturally produce creatine mm-hmm. in our body. And we're not taking something that's going to stop our natural production of it. Yeah. Um, and kind of why some people might be more at need to supplement it than others based on their diet. Like yep. If you're not eating red meat, for example. Um, But what about some of the other supplements that are out there mm-hmm. um, in your store? Like if someone comes in and I, I almost want to like limit this to five, I know there's more, more supplements than you mm-hmm. can take, but like, if someone comes in, maybe creatine's one of them. What are some of the other like most popular, most common recommended supplements that you guys find for, and I guess we'll use the same kind of example, either the endurance athlete or like the weightlifting athlete. Yeah. So. The I, stuff that's, you know, research is good on it. Yeah. People's uh, anecdotal response is, yep. is positive on it. Like compared to, you know, things that maybe aren't quite worth their weight in the money. So sure, sure.
1: Um, I'll give you my top five and then I'll give you my my side asterisk one. Yeah, top five. So uh, a clean protein. Mm-hmm. I the think, I think protein is usually an area that people feel one of the areas that people feel comfortable right but a lot, an area that people feel can get duped in getting something that they don't need or not cost effective or not very clean so but a good protein uh, you, don't, and
0: you don't have to do this yeah. but if you would like to feel free to throw out some brands okay. that you think fit that bill in case people are curious about what should I look for? Yeah. If you don't want to, that's fine too.
1: Yeah. I think, I think protein is my core, uh, a gender specific or a very sport specific, well-rounded multivitamin hmm. to f- not to get everything that we need, but to get what we're not get, getting. Is that, I know that's kind of an arbitrary statement, but like, I don't need a multi to, to get me enough C cause I eat. And consume c but i don't get enough k okay does that make sense so yeah. like it's to fill in the gaps of a pretty decent diet fish oil there's been pros and cons and arguments and etc but fish oil is one that we i don't we don't as a populace get enough quality omegas three sixes and nines in our daily habit of eating based on american foods um and D. Like yeah, I, we get D. We live in Colorado. Maybe not most recent, but there's a lot of sunshine. But we're looking at different forms of D and different ways of entry. A good five thousand IUD um, on a daily basis. That should be one small pill a day. Um, again, I will state I'm not a doctor. I, this is not based on prescription. This is based on research, education, and 15 years in the industry. Yeah. On an omega, you're looking for EPA and DHA to make your omega good. So you can buy cost you can buy fish oil at Costco. Um, you can buy fish oil from $100 a bottle for 30 days on some website, right? But EPA and DHA is what we're looking for to in making fish oil beneficial. Uh, we're also looking for cold press, not just warm press, so the way it's extracted. So like Costco fish oil, in my research and reading, take the fish, squeeze it. I've got oil, I capsulate it, bad and good oils. I don't want that, personally. Sure. But they can deem it as fish oil, mm-hmm. because it's not a lie. Cold-pressed is manufacturing, pulling the good fats, EPA, DHA, excreting the bad ones, encapsulating that. That's what I want. Got it. Shouldn't be that much more expensive to be caught on this video. Um, getting into, we kind of touched on the vitamin. Vitamin needs to be well-rounded, easily absorbed. does it shouldn't give you GI distress. Shouldn't be... 10 pills a day should be very simple mm-hmm. and should be habit forming in the sense of not addictive, but you can adhere to it. Yeah. And then protein, assuming that you can consume dairy uh, via whey and or some or a little bit of lactose, Max yep. Pro, Max Muscle makes a very popular one called Max Pro, 40 calories, 30 grams of protein. When we look at protein, we want to, we want to compare labels or look at labels in the sense of a scoop is 31 and a half grams of powder yields me 30 grams of protein. There's 1.5 difference in powder to, to what I'm buying okay. protein. Yeah, So I can do that math and I can see what it is. Yeah. That's sweetener. That's chocolate. That's whatever. When I start getting into like, okay, 40 grams of powder yields me 25 grams of protein. What's that discrepancy and why? Mm-hmm. That's when that should start raising a red flag. Especially if there's, you know, one gram of sugar, zero carb or one carb and one net unit of fat. Well, that math doesn't make sense to me, right? Yeah. So I kind of got to dig into that and understand where it is and what it's where it's coming from. Whey isn't the end all be all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but that is the mo that's the easiest to attach to in the terms of protein 90% of the time. Sure. We can pull lactose from whey if there's a lactose deficiency, and we call it isolate or hydrolyzed whey. It's whey, but it has zero lactose. So if you're lactose intolerant or lactose deficient, we can still consume whey. And the reason why I am an advocate in the industry is an advocate of whey is because it's got a complete amino acid profile. Sure. We we take protein in a supplemental aspect for soft tissue repair and recovery, i.e. muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, or for a snack or a meal replacement, the three most abundant amino acids for skeletal muscle function, leucine isoleucine and valine come from animals, right. whether it's chicken, fish or milk, plants don't have those. So I want an animal based protein. The easiest one t- to get in our industry is milk. Is yeah. why. That's why we go there. There's other forms. There's beef, there's salmon, there's other kinds of animal based protein. Great. We have them. We can talk about them. And that's why we advocate them. Yeah. If based on dietary restriction or desire, you want vegan or plant, totally fine. Have them. We just want to make sure we're either adding those three amino acids or they're having them added for you. Yeah. And because that's why we're taking protein. Yep. I so, love I
0: love that explanation. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. Because um I'm forgetting off the top of my mind right now, I don't believe it's been released yet as of the recording of this podcast, but I had another provider in here. We were talking all about protein yep. for uh, for an hour or so, and that was a conversation we got into because um, both of us work with a fair amount of clients that prefer and choose to eat plant-based. Great. We were having that exact conversation that yep. you can't, in a lot of plant-based scenarios, yep. get the full amino acid profile unless you're adding them in. Yep. And then uh, I love the conversation that you just opened up about, like, what is the weight of the powder compared to the in grams compared to the grams of the mm-hmm. actual protein that's in there, and what is making up of the additional weight? Mm-hmm. How much like other stuff is in there? Um, And then on the flip side, in the plant based side of things, in terms of calories, mm-hmm. typically you're going to be consuming a lot more calories mm-hmm. to get the amount of protein you're looking for yep. in a plant based compared to an animal based. But uh, you know, I do have some clients who actually endurance athlete to were eating totally plant-based mm-hmm. just because they were having some diet uh gi issues and yeah. stuff um and then switched away we're not tolerating it well but then switched to like a beef protein yeah. that's not whey and they're absolutely loving it yeah. so um i think what's important is you know find what works for you yeah. people have different preferences and needs and cultural things that they follow, yeah. totally fine. We're not telling you to eat a certain way. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to, you know, explain to you the difference depending which avenue you're going to go down right. and how to make that potentially work for you.
1: Yeah, I would look at why am I taking why am I willing to spend the money for this? So why am I taking it? Mm-hmm. And if I'm taking it for recovery of activity, then I need those amino acids. Yeah. If I'm taking it just for calories, then fine. Then find one that meets your caloric profile, right? Um, if I'm taking this for a snack protein and it's not, has nothing to do, protein is not workout specific. Mm-hmm. I can take protein if I'm sedentary and don't do anything Hundred and it's beneficial, right? Um, so going back, just know why you're willing to commit to protein and what you want it to look like before you just go to Walmart and buy something off the shelf because it says protein.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I mean, on anything that you're buying, yeah. looking at the label is probably a good idea. Yeah. Unless in fact, it doesn't have a label and then that's great too. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else you said, you talked about protein, talked about the multi fish oil, and then you said 5,000 I use, uh, vitamin D. Yep. Uh, and then we already talked a bunch about creatine. Yep. Um, and then you said that, um, oh, and with the vitamin D, um, do you normally encourage people to get a liquid form or a capsule form or... One with K2, D three, what are you guys typically
1: recommending? I I like singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to know if I'm just getting 5,000 IUs of D and if I need K or I need these other things. There's some assistance in absorption by pairing these together. Yeah. Um that's where the multi comes in for me. Sure. And most people. If I'm sitting looking at a K unit, a D unit, an A, and all of it, I'm not gonna commit to have it six pops, six pills in the morning, sure. right? Yeah. So I'm gonna try cool. to consolidate that as much as possible in getting it in the gram dosing that I want, I guess is my answer to yeah. Um 5,000 is the, is the recommended dose by, uh, by clinical studies. Um, form sure. Liquid, more soluble, just like creatine in solution more soluble. Um, I'm not going to adopt that at the firehouse and at home and carry this viral around. I'm just not Yeah, throwing a, a pill in my bag. I am. Mm-hmm. So, um, And there's a difference with type of pills, fish oil, gel caps versus press pills versus sleeve pills. Like they all kind of break down differently. There was a study done, I think, in the 90s with Centrum. Okay. Those those Uh, multi-tablets. Those tablets. Um, Super popular, right? Centrum Silver, Centrum, Centrum Silver. Uh, And they did a study about with like porta-potties and toilets and septics. And they were Mm -hmm. excreting like 90% of those out in whole format, meaning they're never broken down. Yeah. The body breaks down the capsule or the pill or the, the consumable ingestible differently. Just yeah. That.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Now. And then you mentioned when I asked you to keep it to five, that you had a couple other asterisk ones that yeah. might be popularly recommended.
1: The big, the big ones. And then we delve into sports performance, uh, sports performance. I creatine would be in the top. Um, phosphatidic acid. Uh, it's a huge one. We could spend another two hours talking about it pa7 or phosphatidic acid dr jacob wilson at the university of tampa did his research on trained college athletes both men and women uh actually just recently in the last couple of years got his research published medically uh something to look at we won't delve into it too too hard but if you have questions reach out or, or whatever look it up yourself dr jacob wilson university of tampa phosphatidic acid or the short of that is pa7 um Non-hormonal, NCA compliant, informed choice approved and NSF approved, certain brands, certain companies. Um, Amazing working with the mTOR pathway that we all have, like the Krebs cycle, but the mTOR pathway, utilizing amino acids for skeletal muscle function. That's what it's doing. And that phosphatidic acid, we've heard of HMB, some of us on this probably. Is working kind of like HMB behind the scenes, the phosphatidic acid is down downstream of HMB to shuttle those amino acids, leucine isoleucine valine, all of those to the muscle, soft tissue, in drastic efficiency to repair it and build it stronger. Mm. So cross-sectional strength in these collegiate athletes went up like 108% over a week period. It was a placebo zero, uh, three grams and 1.5 grams, 45 minutes pre-training. And 1.5 and three didn't have a glaring difference, but the 1.5 and three to zero did. And the difference was like over hundred percent of cross-sectional strength. Wow. And an eight week period and and collegiate athletes like trained humans, not just taking somebody off the street. So that was huge. So something either we can talk about later or somebody can research, but that's in like my, that's in my top. And then I think I had, this one was my asterisk VCA's Okay. People feel comfortable taking BCAs because they taste good, they don't have calories, and somebody told them to, because yeah. we we ash- we we tag them with recovery. I want to recover, so I need to take BCA. If you're getting in enough protein or BCAs in your diet through whole food or protein or chicken fish steak, you probably don't need them. Mm-hmm. Unless you're using that, I think the, the term I'm overtraining. Yeah. I think that's BS. You know better than I like it is very hard to overtrain. Yeah. If you're eating properly and you're training efficiently, mm-hmm. you and me can't really overtrain.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting conversation because in you know, we deal with a lot of people that are dealing with injuries, mm-hmm. and aches and pains. What I usually tell people is training, sleeping, eating, recovery, like mm-hmm. it's a continuum, mm-hmm. right? You're probably not overtraining. You're probably under recovering. Correct. And not, or not fueling yourself for the training you're trying to do. Correct. And that's leading to the breakdown of whatever we're talking about. Instead of just, you know, just us talking about restricting your training, mm-hmm. let's look at these other areas right. and see if there's room for improvement because you might be able to keep training exactly how you are if we prepare your if body for you it. Yeah. Or whatever. Eat more, sleep more, right. whatever. So, yeah, I, I like where your head's at with this because it's, it's not just one thing ever. No. And um, I think usually those other things are playing a significant role when someone's quote unquote over training. Training's easy.
1: Yeah. Most people listening, most people in Colorado, most people in the nation like to be in movement,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Once I get into it, I like to run, bike, I like to lift weights. It makes me feel good for 60 minutes. It's my time. Yeah. That's not the hard part. The hard part is sleeping not consuming alcohol or alcohol moderation, eating, food prep, management, Mm -hmm. lifestyle, kids, blah, 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 blah. That's the hard part. Totally. So so I go back to the supplement side, BCAs, EAs, whatever, uh, I think are a little bit of a farce. I sell them. I sell quality ones. I I like them. I'll piece them in for a hydration component. I'm tired of drinking clear liquid of water. I'll flavor it with this as opposed to... A soda or a Gatorade or whatever. Yeah. Um if I'm going to be going on a long ruck, if I'm going to be going on two or more hours of activity, high level activity, yeah. yep, I'll splash them in my water and I'll consume them. Yeah. Makes me drink more water. And what are we what are we fighting? What are we fighting with ingesting BCAs, EAs, either pre-training or intra-training? We're fighting going catabolic, right? We're fighting burning muscle for fuel. Mm-hmm. Right. So those BCAs trick my body, for lack of a better term, to let the muscle stay on and burn these that. BCAs. So it's it's in essence fuel. So if they're used properly and in the right timing, use them, buy them, adapt to them. Yeah. But I think the BCA term is thrown around frequently and and people buy them in hopes to feel like they're 25 again and that's not what BCAs do.
0: Yeah. I, I sort of love that you brought that up because I have heard very similar things. And that's not a supplement that I take. It's one that I used to take mm-hmm. and I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't say I noticed a difference. But one thing that I've definitely done over the past, I guess we'll call it five years is paid significantly more attention to the amount of calories and protein that mm-hmm. I'm eating. Yeah. Um where I probably wasn't getting enough before. Yeah. So yeah, and I can't say I've noticed much of a difference. And it makes sense if what it's actually doing for our body, we're sort of getting through that proper nutrition.
1: We we look at it maybe when your wife is training or uh, people doing a lot of fasted performance based training, mm-hmm. prepping for a show, prepping for a risk. I'm getting up at 4 a.m. Dude, I can't eat something, yeah. but I need to go do 45 minutes of X. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to get you to eat something. If you just won't then BCAs and or BCAs coupled in creatine pre training would be your solution. Yeah. You're gonna because you, you're going you're going into it fasted, right? Your last intake was dinner, maybe 8 p.m. ish. Yeah at latest. You had no calories over the course of the last 10, 12 hours, now you're gonna go do activity. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to potentially want, unless you're flirting with ketosis, is going to want to burn muscle mass. Mm-hmm. We worked hard to get it. So that's why I would plug in some creatine and BCAs.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. Speaking of training, um, I want to ask you, so you, you mentioned, and what month is that ultra in June? So basically you're year year 11 months yep. from now. So maybe you haven't necessarily started training a ton for that yet, but
1: training my brain. Dude, what,
0: what does your training look like right now as like the style of athlete that you are now yeah. as a fireman? Like, what do you do for training?
1: I do, um, I do short burst intervals, like a CrossFit type, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be V23 or on my own or through some of Eric's programming or Bo or whatever. So explosive based, explosive movements. Um, I still focus on um, I want to maintain or build my squat bench Mm -hmm. like these big areas. Yeah. So I'll pick one to two movements to load heavy Mm -hmm. Um, tax, the nervous system, long rest period, longer rest period. And then I'll delve into some high repetition, high volume, higher volume, higher heart rate maintenance kind of stuff mm-hmm. to maintain that. Because as a fireman, uh, you go from zero to hundred very quickly. Sure. And I don't, and I want to be able to not have a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and everything that goes along with that. Um, it helps me keep fat at bay. Uh helps, it allows me to eat a little bit more freely and or more. Um, And then now I'm focusing in on working with Don and over the course of the next months, um, tacking in distance running. Yeah, for sure. Just getting the joints in the body comfortable or as comfortable as can be running over a period of time under load. Yeah. Not for a six minute mile, but for, you know, running for an hour with non-discomfort and then just keep multiplying that.
0: And I think that's a big key. And I, maybe I've mentioned this on the show before, but and this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but being in shape, strong, mm-hmm. moving well, right? Like having good movement and range of motion accessible to you and strong in those ranges makes it significantly more likely that you are going to be able to tolerate the demands of running and run comfortably Yeah, because running is probably one of the sports activities. Well, it is one of the sports activities that has an extremely high rate of injury mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like to do it because they hurt when they do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's usually less the cardiovascular side of things, unless you're like brand new to Colorado and you're getting used to the elevation. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that don't like to run because they don't feel good when they do it. But a lot of these people are using running as a means to get themselves in shape, mm-hmm. as opposed to through sleep diet and other forms of exercise, getting yeah. themselves in shape in order to run. Yeah. And awesome. that angle goes way better for almost everybody. Cause if you can tolerate running to where you're not injured or when your knees aren't hurting and whatnot, then you can actually start to enjoy it a little bit. And, and it's repeatable. Yeah.
1: Right. If it hurts, you're not going to keep doing it. Nope. And that's where people fall off from a, from an athletic perspective. Like people stop doing something because it hurts <laughs> over a period of time. So I'm just yeah. not going to keep doing that. Totally. Um, or my body's not going to allow me to do it. So that in and of itself, to your point is 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 more impactful meaning i could out train a poor diet when i was younger i can't yeah. out train a poor diet now yeah so the diet actually plays an equal to my results as opposed to i could eat whatever i wanted when i was younger sure i'll just train my butt off and get decent results mm-hmm. right so yeah. um yeah it's going to change and, and like i said it's i think i think it can be done well i know it can be done right physically it can be done you have 11 months to do something you can prep for it yeah it's the mental it's the nighttime. it's the alone it's the thoughts it's the journey of it that is is the entice
0: so. yeah no i wish you nothing but success with that training cycle and the events next june um and then i want to have you before we start the process of wrapping this up here um just to make sure we cover like your business, mm. um, inform me and the people that are listening to us, what else do you guys do at max muscle? I know you don't just sell supplements. Yeah. So like, what else do you guys do there all encompassing in your business?
1: Yeah. Supplementally I pick and choose, we pick and choose what we bring in. So it's not the Walmart of supplements. It's mm-hmm. thought out things that are on the shelf. Um, example, you're not going to get 30 different proteins. You're going to get ones that fit the bill for each individual aspect and you can choose from them you know what i mean so it's a little bit more boutique in the supplement side yeah. of things um additionally we can and will write training programs based mm-hmm. on the person's desire and what they want to do or we refer those out Yep. Yeah. a big one is the consultation piece of supplementation the q a and the nutrition components we write new customized nutrition plans mm-hmm. we have in in store that we utilize we have software um and We have certifications and education to support that. So it's all it's a it's an accountability coach, whether it be Zoom or in person to assist with supplementation and nutrition. Yeah. If, if you choose to go down that path. Yeah. The consultation is free. So um whether you walk in off the street and just say, hey, let's talk, or you want to schedule that, that's an option on, on different platforms, websites, etc. But yeah, we really try to take it to an everybody's an athlete mentality mm-hmm. um, because you you don't have to wear a jersey to be an athlete. You, you want to be in motion, so you're being, doing athletic things. Mm-hmm. Um and we really try to take the max muscle name out of it and look at sports nutrition, which if you're in the store buying anything, it's still in the sports nutrition category. Yeah, so totally. it's a boutique cater to environment that hopefully is a little less bro science and invasive in that regard, and um educational and informative
0: yeah Yeah. love that and i think you know that's the style of facility that i would prefer as opposed to just hey here's 100 different things to choose from you decide what you want like some guidance some direction some education that comes with it and really an understanding of why are you doing this Mm -hmm. and what are we going to be able to help you fit your goals and your your needs and then the um Uh, even though we're going to put all these things in the show notes, I still want to have you mention them anyway. So you mentioned like the website and different ways that people can get in touch with you guys. Um, What would those be? Where can people find you guys? um,
1: My Instagram is Brian underscore cash. I have a link there. You can schedule with me. Mm -hmm. Um, You can go on mm1.shop is www.mm1.shop. And on that homepage, um, you can schedule a consultation with me. You can find my calendar. Um call a store. Um, we're on Google, don't need to tell you the number, it'll be in the notes. But call the store, you can schedule, stop in, and just have QA. The stores in Lone Tree, the physical stores in Lone Tree. The website is is what I said, that mm1.shop. And, and um yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, I
0: thought I think this was great. And um hopefully you guys that tuned in to listen to us here on the code feel like you got a lot of value out of this, and honestly. Maybe you feel like you got some more questions. And if you have those, I would love for you to, my email's in the show notes. Brian's contact information will be in there. Please make sure you reach out to one of us if you do have questions so we can help you figure out some answers. And if we don't know the answer, we'll try and help you find somebody that does point you in the right direction. Um, again, Brian, thank yeah. you so much yeah, thank you for good. joining me. And uh, for all you guys that tune in to listen on the code, if you've not done so already, it would be so appreciated if you would be willing to hop on there and leave a review whatever podcast platform you use. We do have a goal of getting to 200 five-star reviews on this podcast. And um, you guys are a big reason why we're able to keep the show going. So thank you so much. And again, I'm Dr. Andrew Fitz. We'll catch you on the next episode of The show.